0: We started in 2016 really serving our community uh, with a project called the 100,000 Touches Campaign. And the whole idea behind that campaign, it was real simple. We wanted to complete 100,000 acts of service in a year. And and so we did everything from providing, you know, meals to the homeless. We uh, renovated school libraries. We we did a whole host of work, Mm -hmm. Uh, even started an after-school program. But at the end of that year, we realized that we had done a lot of good work without a lot of transformational impact. Mm -hmm. And so that led us on a journey to say, we want to not just do work that makes us feel good, but we wanna do the work that over 10 to 15 years, you can look back and statistically see that the community has improved.
1: Welcome back to Advent Next, a theological podcast curated for curious faith discussions. This week, our guest is Pastor David Franklin, lead pastor of Miracle City Church and Project Innovator in Baltimore, Maryland. Today, we are discussing how kingdom values have an impact on more than just individual believers in their personal faith. But kingdom values are supposed to benefit the community at large. We also discuss his personal journey of faith and answer questions on how a person can continue to affirm God's call in their life, even during difficult times, when the light seems to wane and we are falsely made to believe that following God was a mistake. Thanks again to the Adventist Learning Community for making this program possible. If you're not already following us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, be sure to find us at the handle at AdventNext. I'm your host, Kendra Arsenal. And this is Advent Next. You know, what do you continue to do to affirm, like, how does God affirm you in your values of saying, this is still something valuable to pursue? Because I feel like a lot of people are coming from like a secular background or people that don't have any affiliation with church. We have a lot of values in our society, right? That says, well, you should value having a stable career. You should value having a nice house and taking care of your family, How have you continued to be able to say yes to the values um, that the gospel uh, presents as far as pursuing a kingdom that may not be of this world?
0: Well, you know, I I believe the gospel has very practical application to this world. And and I think that sometimes you can be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our ministry kind of can Tend to lean in that direction. Mm. Um, and so for me, the thing that has kind of kept me uh, in ministry, uh, you know, uh, has kept me committed to the call of ministry, mm. has been that the vision for the work that God has called me to do is never, has never been within just the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. It's always been to create um, a healthier society. And in my specific case, I'm pastor of a church called Miracle City Church in Baltimore um, to actually help create a healthier community Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood where Miracle City sits. So for me, it's it's been it's been believing that the values of the kingdom Mm -hmm. are not just useful for those who accept Christ. Right. But the values of the kingdom mm-hmm. are actually useful for even those who don't know a thing about Christ. Mm. And so my work is to help create an environment where even those who don't believe in Jesus can still receive the benefits of the values being implemented in the community that they live in.
1: What would those values look like? How are, how are values that you're seeing, kingdom values are beneficial to people who don't also belong to the church? What's an example of that?
0: Well, I mean, justice is a popular value right now, right? right? Um, but but it's, it's, a, it's a very real value that is needed in our community. Um, right. and, and, and I'm speaking very specifically about the community that I serve. Um, You know, justice is one of those things where, you know, if you are in, oftentimes, again, I'm from Baltimore, I'm speaking from my context, I'm not trying to paint a brush for everyone, but I'm talking about my context. Often the affluent communities within the city of Baltimore are able to advocate, uh, leverage their power, leverage their influence in order for them to receive the kinds of community services and community benefits that help make the community whole. Mm-hmm. Well, communities that don't have as many resources, aren't mm-hmm. as affluent, don't have the power players in them, yeah. do not have that same leverage to be able to get the city or others to provide the kind of resources that mm-hmm. are needed in those communities. And so I believe that Christ was about speaking up for the underserved and speaking up for the widow and the orphan and right and and those that were in poverty. And so Um, I believe that justice is one of those values that is a kingdom value that people can benefit from, even if they are not accepting, have not yet accepted Christ.
1: Mm. So what does that look like practically? Like, what does your church do? Do you have a homeless shelter? Do you do this? Do you do that? What does it look like for your community in Baltimore?
0: Yeah, so this is good. Um I we started in 2016 really serving our community uh with uh with focus and and intentionality uh with a project called the 100,000 touches campaign. And the whole idea behind that campaign, it was real simple. We wanted to complete 100,000 acts of service wow. in a year.
1: Right. And,
0: wow. and so we did everything from uh providing homeless, you know, meals to the homeless, we uh, renovated school libraries. We, we did a whole host of work, mm-hmm. uh, even started an after-school program. Uh, but at the end of that year, we realized that we had done a lot of good work without a lot of transformational impact. Mm-hmm. And so that led us on a journey to say, we want to not just do work that makes us feel good, work that is good for taking Instagram pictures <laughs> and- <laughs> and, and, you know, and Twitter posts, yeah. right? But we want to do the work that over 10 to 15 years, you can look back and st- statistically see that the community has improved. Right. And so that 100,000 Touches campaign was good for us from this perspective because what it helped us to do was uh, de- develop a culture of service in our church. Yeah. And then it helped us to build real relationships with people in our community that we had never had contact with. Wow, yeah, That now has transitioned into this. is quite a story, but I'll give you the end of it. That has now transitioned into where we now, community and church members, Mm -hmm. are working collaboratively. Mm -hmm. We have a strategic plan, a strategic community development plan for a mile corridor in our community that addresses education, Mm -hmm. housing, health and wellness, and economic development. Mm -hmm. And it's church and community working together to bring about the revitalization that we want to see happen In our community so for us justice is saying we're not waiting for someone to awaken to the desire or or to wake it to awaken to the the needs that we have in our community we are going to create the environment and the ecosystem to get what we need for our community as soon as as soon as possible
1: That's awesome. Wow, that's fantastic. And I love that you're partnering with other community ventures because sometimes the church, we try to do it by ourselves rather than plug into services that are already available. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Another question I want to ask is like in your own personal journey, like what has been some of the the challenges, you know, like when did you know that God had called you to ministry, and what kind of obstacles did you face along that way? That you kind of said, "Oh, am I? Is this really the path for me? How'd that work out for you?"
0: Kendra, you're trying to open up a whole <laughs> can of worms. Like we don't have that much time, <laughs> sure. right? You know, uh, this podcast isn't long enough uh, for me to talk about that completely. But but I, I will try to say this: um, I had never planned to go into ministry. I uh, had planned to go into corporate America. I got an undergraduate degree in in business. And in fact, this is a true story. I know it sounds crazy. People sometimes don't believe it, but this is absolutely true. Um, I got to school and I said to the Lord, I I made this prayer, Lord, I want to uh, get a summer internship for two years with the same company. I want that company to pay me for the summer, as well as to give me a scholarship for school. Mm. Then I want to get out of school, work with that company or another one, making, at the time, at least $40,000, right? Okay, that's
1: a good right. amount. Right.
0: Well, I don't know about now, that's but, what you asked, but then right? it was, that, was, that was my prayer. But here was the key. I had asked the Lord that in a year after starting with that company, I wanted to del- double my salary and then be on track to executive leadership. Mm. That was my prayer. Okay. I started school the first summer. I uh, interned with Coca-Cola um, down at the world headquarters in Atlanta. Um, and, you know, lesson, I don't even want to talk about <laughs> that, but, but that's where it was. I interned at Coca-Cola. Anyway, they gave me $5,000 in my pocket. They put $10,000 scholarship on my, you know, for, for me to go back to school. And it was a two-year uh, internship. I went back the second uh, second summer. Finished uh, a- after finishing the, my program, uh, I got an offer from J.P. Morgan Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was forty thousand dollars with a six thousand dollars signing bonus mm-hmm. and a leadership development program huh. that would have doubled my salary in a year. Wow! wow. So the Lord answered my prayer, mm-hmm. but along the journey, God told me. That he didn't want me... Now, let's reverse back to Uh Coca-Cola. He didn't want me going back to Coca-Cola the second summer. Mm. And I went anyway. Mm. And and so here's where you got to begin to discern and determine... Do you want to walk with God right. or not? Right. So I went back the second summer. I finished the internship, yeah. was sitting on a friend's couch. A bunch of guys were waiting for school to start. So we were back uh, in the city uh, where we went to school, hanging out. And there were like four or five guys in the house. I was sitting on the couch, and I felt totally alone. Wow. Wow. Mm. And what I mean by that is I felt like the spirit of the Lord had left me Mm. and I had never had that feeling before. Mm -hmm. Mm. And right there on that couch, green couch, I can still remember it right there on that couch. I said to the Lord, whatever you have to do, Mm. I don't ever want to feel like this again. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry for disobeying you. I'm sorry for not listening to the wisdom that you were trying to lead me in. Mm. But Father, I will do whatever you want me to do. Now you don't pray that prayer, right?
1: Unless, unless you mean it, mean it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Wow.
0: So, so, so I finished. I finished. Um, I, finished uh, I started school, and I finished my first semester. Before I finished that, that was my senior year. Now, before I finished that first semester. I went to interview with J.P. Morgan Chase. Okay. During the Christmas break, they called me with the offer mm-hmm. of the $40,000, $6,000 signing bonus that I mentioned earlier. And I, I picked up the phone. I had already turned down some other offers. And I was like, Lord, this is exactly what I prayed for. Mm-hmm. Are you really telling me to turn this down? Mm. Now, there's a little part of the story. I'm not going to belabor your time, but there's a little yeah, part please. of the story... Where when I was in the interview with J.P. Morgan Chase, mm-hmm. the Lord told me, I'm going to give you this job, but I don't want you to take it.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. So Christmas <laughs> break, I
0: get the call. Wow. Right. And I'm on the phone. <laughs> I had to put the phone down for a second. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, are you serious?
1: Like, are you serious? Yeah.
0: So I, I, I put the phone down. I prayed to the Lord. I had already gotten to the point where I did not want to disobey his word. Mm. So I picked up the phone, swallowed my pride, and I said, I'm sorry, I can't accept this offer. Now, the woman on the other end of the phone was absolutely shocked. Wow. She was like, uh, Mr. Franklin? I said, yes. <laughs> um, she said, are you sure? I said, yes, I'm, I'm sure.
1: Wow. Wow. And I hung up the phone.
0: And now this is the the end of the first semester, beginning of the second semester of my senior year. You do not go into your second semester as a business uh, major without a job. Right. At least not if you want a good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I went in without a job. Um, not knowing what God was going to do. Anyway, the long, very long story short is, is that I determined that that year I was going to spend a year just doing missionary work. I ended up traveling to Ethiopia, after I graduated, ended mm. up traveling to Ethiopia, Zambia, and mm. doing some work with AIDS prevention and also some work here in the States. Anyway, long story short, I was preaching in Zambia a year after I had graduated from school. And um, I felt like I had preached the worst sermon of my life. Mm. I've had that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ow. <I'll... laughs> horrible. Right. I was like, Lord, I'm not doing this, right? I had not yet accepted the call of God on my life. right? But, but, but I, I was like teetering on that. And I was like, Lord, I'm not doing this. I, this was, you know, I came out here to see what you, you know, if this is what you wanted me to do. There's no way that, I I can't do this. This is not what I... And in that moment, I finished the sermon. I was by myself. This was out in the bush of Zambia. Mm. And I heard the Lord say to me, I have you exactly where I want you. Wow. And I'm going to use you even in your brokenness. Mm. And so I I said to God that night, if you can use me like this... Mm. I'll do whatever you want me to do. So literally that night mm. I accepted the call to ministry wow. and uh, I haven't looked back since. Wow. Yeah.
1: How did that transform <laughs> into your current pastoral ministry? Like how did you get from there to, I mean, I know okay, that's another big this is gap. Okay, this journey. But <laughs> so,
0: so I'm, but I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version. Okay. Um, which is I finished uh, in Zambia. I came home Uh, I called my pastor back in California. That's where I'm from originally. (laughs) I called my pastor. Um, He had already told me a year in advance Mm. that he saw me being pastor.
1: Wow. Mm. Okay.
0: Um, And he said, you know, I I really would love for you to work with me, but, you know, you pray about it. So a year later, I called my pastor and I told him, I'm ready to come home. Mm. I said, "Is, is there still an opportunity He says to me, I've been waiting for you to call. Wow! (laughs) So I went back as a local youth pastor for two years. Then I came to the seminary uh, here in in, in Michigan. uh, And then I got a call to go and pastor in Baltimore. I've been there for the last 11 years. And I've been lead pastor of my current church, Miracle City Church, for the past five years.
1: Wow, Wow. that's a fantastic journey. I'm curious, though, because I know that through that journey, there's been some low points. Oh, yeah. And there's been some times where, you know, maybe you're seeing some of your friends or your colleagues Mm -hmm. be in a place that you feel like, Oh, could this have been me? Mm -hmm. And what do you do in those moments? Like how was your dialogue with the Lord look like when you're in a low place and you feel like things aren't going where it should be. And you're wondering, did I make the right decision?
0: Yeah. So this is, this is great. Uh, there's a few things. One, I think you got to always remember where you were
1: mm-hmm.
0: when God called you. And I think that that's why God called me when I was in a low place, right? Yeah. I, think, I think that's why God affirmed me, not after I had just preached the best sermon of my life, not after I had felt like I had accomplished something great, because then it would have been about my work. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then it would have been about my talent. Then it would have been about my intelligence. Then it would have been about my network, right? Yeah. But it wasn't about any of that. It was from a low place mm-hmm. that God says, you know what, I want to use you. So first of all, for me, it's remembering where I was when God called me. Yeah. I think the second thing, though, is now you, you've got to understand the depth of the question you asked, because I'm not just looking at other ministerial colleagues and where they are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, at certain points in life. I'm looking at my business colleagues mm. and the money that they're making.
1: Yeah. It's
0: <laughs> right, real. it's go, real.
1: Come on. It's real.
0: On. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so for me, that that has been more of a, a thing where it's like, man god, you know, I'm doing your work, you know, but my boy is, <laughs> is making 900 <laughs> a year, right? Like like, you know, what's up? Yeah. And so um uh I I think the the thing that has that has kept me is one uh everybody has God has a plan for everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Right. And the only way you are able to see God's plan unfold for your life mm-hmm. is if you don't try to live someone else's. Right. Mm-hmm. And stick to the to the journey. I just preached recently um about Naaman. Naaman does not see his transformation until he completes the journey, right? right. It's six, it's, it's seven, seven dips, right? right? If he stops on the six, he doesn't see it, right? Yeah. You've got to go through the journey. And so yeah. that doesn't mean it's been easy. Like, I'm not trying to suggest, like, I have had moments where I want to leave ministry. Mm-hmm. I have had moments where mm-hmm. I have just about written my resignation letter, okay? <laughs> uh, what, but what I am saying is, is that, number one, remembering where God called me, uh, remembering where I was when God called me has helped, and then the other thing that has helped is really being able to say, "Okay, God, I do not—I don't want to give up on the the plan that you have assigned for my life. Yeah. I want to see this thing through, and I believe—I believe that by walking it out." not only will I see the manifestation of what I believed was a dream or a promise or whatever, but I believe I'll see even more than that mm-hmm. because I believe God always does exceedingly and abundantly above yes. all we could ask or think. Amen. And so, I, you know, in my low places, it's, it's, it has been important for me to ask God to help me to remember that this plan is his plan and not my plan and that if I trust him, it will work out in the end.
1: Amen. Well, I think um, as a future minister, current minister, but yeah, future minister yeah, yeah. In, in, a, in a space, um, what is your one goal for your congregation? If, say, if you were gonna, gonna leave next year, what would you want them to take away from their experience with you?
0: For them to always know that the church is not about who's there, mm. the church is for who's not there.
1: Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I think any organization has the tendency to want to focus inward on itself, what makes us comfortable, yeah. what are our needs, yeah. what are our preferences, mm-hmm. which sermons do we like, which songs do we like, yeah. when, you know, you know, what's best, right? And so I think we need to serve the people who are there, right? But as soon as you get on God's team, right? Mm, right you're, you can't just, you can't just think about yourself. You've got to be looking for who else God wants to use. God wants to bring to him through you, right? God is always trying to use all of us to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I think, man, if, if, if I were to walk away 10 years from now and they were like, you know what, we are totally sold out to do whatever it takes, Mm. right? We're not relying on any tradition. Mm -hmm. We're not relying on any old methods, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to do whatever it takes to win people to Jesus. I feel like I would have done my job effectively.
1: Wow. What's one last word that you'd like to leave to somebody who's not sure, you know, because ministry looks different in everyone's life. And so they know that maybe they're not going to be a pastor, but they do feel called at some point um, to, to, do ministry. And so what do you say to that person who's like not sure what that looks like for them and they may be in a place of doubt?
0: As unique as our fingerprints are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so in comparison is the uniqueness of our calling. Right. And so sometimes when you're in seminary or, you know, you're in a certain system it can appear that if you don't fit this particular
1: mold mold Mm -hmm.
0: path, Mm -hmm. you don't follow this specific plan that you're not fit for ministry or there's not a place for you here. Right. But, man, I'm telling you, especially in the generation that we live in now, we need people who are going to stand up and push for the fulfillment of that unique calling. Yes. It doesn't have to look like what you've seen.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: God can do a new thing, right, mm. with you and through you. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it, it requires courage, mm. requires boldness. Right. You gonna cry some nights. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's being real. Might <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not even eat. <laughs> you might not eat some nights. Come on, somebody.
0: <laughs> might not eat. <laughs> but I but I believe. That that in time, right, and what that time frame is, only God knows, right? But in time, God will fulfill that unique calling and allow his promise for your life to be manifested. Wow. And so I think you got to just be true to that. And, and I think what happens sometimes is because sometimes that path seems so, or that mold seems so constricted, it seems so narrow mm-hmm. that... We compromise the uniqueness to fit the mold
1: because
0: that's where the job is. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Right? But but I believe that if you stay true to your calling, God will open up doors that you could not even envision. Mm. And if you compromise and fit in the mold, I think you know, you'll end up probably a few years into ministry miserable, yeah. wow. you know. So I just want to encourage somebody out there, you know, just, just stay It was committed. me. It
1: was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: you got to stay committed to that thing. Yeah. And, 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 I'll, and I'll say this last thing. Yeah. I think we need a collection of folks who are doing things in unique
1: yeah. Yeah. and
0: untraditional ways yeah. to, reach. to really reach Exactly. Uh, uh, not only the current generation, like, right. it, you know, Generation Z, mm-hmm. the alpha generation <laughs> yeah. that's coming after that, yeah. right? You know, like we, we, you know, things change at a much faster pace yeah. and we need ministries that speak to people in unique ways.
1: We're so glad you joined us this week as we talk with Pastor David Franklin on kingdom values and staying true to God's call in difficult times We want to thank the Adventist Learning Community for making this program possible, as well as our guest, Pastor David Franklin. If you're not already following us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, be sure to do so at the handle at AdventNext. If you have questions for future episodes, please feel free to write to us. Thanks so much for tuning in and see you next week.